Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. Thanks for making us a part of your Sunday morning. The mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. Ray, good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. And today we're celebrating Memorial Day. And I hope everybody is doing something today to remember what the real purpose of Memorial Day is. We're also going to be talking about uh, veterans' benefits and some important programs that are available to help our veterans. So let's begin. First of all, I want to welcome Jim Cochran. Morning, Jim. Morning, Ray. Thank you for having me. Jim is our veterans agent from the town of Fairhaven with a long and distinguished career that we'll talk about in a moment. We also have attorney Tenny Lance with us. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And Tenny is a uh, certified veterans specialist. What's the proper designation? That's correct. Certified veterans specialist as well. So, Phil, this morning, ladies and gentlemen, we have some real experts with us. And if you happen to be a veteran listening this morning, Mm -hmm. or if you know somebody who needs uh, benefits or assistance, please stay tuned because you're going to learn a lot this morning about some programs and uh, ideas that you can use. But let's begin by talking about Memorial Day, first of all. And I'd like to begin actually with a brief quotation from Aristotle, who said, The unfortunate need people who will be kind to them. The prosperous need people to be kind to. Aristotle was a wise man. And we're going to be talking about some of those concepts this morning because we're going to be talking about how you can help veterans and what we can and should be doing for veterans. Let's begin this morning by talking a little bit about the origins of Memorial Day. As with many of our holidays, it has an unusual beginning, and it really began as something called Decoration Day after the American Civil War, and it was to commemorate not only the Union soldiers who died, but the Confederate soldiers who died. And... um, Many uh, volunteers today will place flags on American graves to commemorate and remember uh, the dead who died. You know, the Civil War was one of the most costly, probably the most costly, in the history of this country. More than 600,000 people died in the Civil War, more than any of our other wars. In fact, I think, Jim, probably more than all of our other wars combined, I think I read at one point. Yes, yes. So the Civil War, although it's past us in history right now, was not a romantic time. It was the deadliest time in the history of this country. But um, the annual Decoration Day began as a time to remember uh, the people who had died and to decorate cemeteries. Especially in the rural American South, it began usually late in spring once flowers had started to bloom and families would actually have an extended picnic at the graveside, and they would celebrate and remember the dead with not only like a potluck supper or dinner, and they would decorate the graves at the same time. One of the important distinctions we have to remember is that Memorial Day should not be confused with Veterans Day. They're two entirely different holidays. Memorial Day is a time of remembering the men and women who died while serving while Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans. That's a fairly important distinction, and I think sometimes people get them confused. 
And um, as I said, there were more than 600,000 soldiers on both sides of the Civil War who died uh, during that time period. And around 1865, the federal government began creating national military cemeteries, uh, specifically for the Union War dead. But here's an interesting piece of history that I bet a lot of people don't know, and that is the contribution of the African-American culture to the creation of this day that we call Memorial Day. Um, The first widely publicized observance of a Memorial Day type of observance after the Civil War began in Charleston, South Carolina on May 1, 1865. And at that point, there were teachers and missionaries and there were black residents of Charlton, Charleston who organized a May Day ceremony. And the New York Times uh, covered this as well as other national papers. And about 10,000 people attended this event on um, May 1st, 1865 to commemorate the war dead. They were mostly uh, freedmen, freed slaves, basically. But they were also Union troops, black ministers, white northern missionaries, and they all brought flowers to lay on a particular burial field. And that site today is called the First Decoration Day uh, in this country. Uh, there's been some dispute about the history of that, but basically there are many who argue that the first real Memorial Day began with African Americans who invented Memorial Day in Charleston, South Carolina. Interesting piece of history. Yeah. Then, of course, later it became much more recognized throughout this country. Um, In 1868, there was a declaration by a Civil War general, John Logan, to uh, have an annual decoration day. Um, The history is quite extensive. Uh, There were also ceremonies uh, in Gettysburg on Memorial Day. And it really wasn't until late in time it was actually not until 1967 and 1968 when the United States Congress finally passed the Uniform Monday Holiday Act to remember the day that we now celebrate as Memorial Day. Um, I'd like to mention one thing about using the American flag on Memorial Day. Um, there's a particular ceremony on Memorial Day, and the United States flag is raised briskly to the top of the staff and then lowered slowly and solemnly to the half-staff position. But it only remains in that position until noontime. And then as soon as noontime is reached, the flag is again raised to full staff for the rest of the day. So Hmm. there's a lot of history behind that as Hmm. well. And the other important thing uh, to note about Memorial Day that we don't celebrate a lot in this country, unfortunately, anymore is that it also became a day to wear poppies. And I'd, I'd love to see more veterans organizations uh, out there ahead of time selling poppies at the stores and so forth because, number one, it's a great fundraiser for the veterans groups. And number two, I think it helps increase the awareness of why we wear the poppies in the first place. And the tradition of that uh, began right after 1915 And at that time, there was a Canadian Lieutenant Colonel, John McRae, who wrote In Flanders Field. And Phil, you and I have actually read that poem on the the air. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We won't do that today. But shortly after that, 
um, it became common to wear uh, poppies. There was a YWCA worker in 1918 who was inspired by this poem in Flanders Field, and she attended an overseas war secretary's conference, and she wore a silk poppy in remembrance remembrance of that uh, particular poem, and she also distributed several dozen to the people present. And in 1920, the National American Legion adopted that as their official symbol of remembrance. Now, the interesting thing is that when you go to Canada, you'll see everybody in Canada wearing poppies on Memorial Day and around Memorial Day. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't pass anybody on the street who isn't wearing a poppy. And I'd sure love to see that tradition be more celebrated in this country. I think that would be a fitting remembrance and fitting tribute. Sure. So with all of that little history, that's our history lesson for today. Uh, We hope that uh, folks can get out and do something today when this program is being broadcast on Memorial Day. And I know we have some parades. I know there's a parade gym in Fairhaven. Yes, it'll be Monday the 25th of May. Usually the step-off is at 9 o'clock. As far as I know, it's still 9. Okay. And that goes, I know, from Main Street in Fairhaven. uh, or it, It kicks off on Center Street. Correct. And it goes to Riverside Cemetery in Fairhaven. Correct. And New Bedford is also having a parade uh, on Memorial Day today that begins at 11 a.m. So if you have an opportunity, remember that this is not just about attending a parade. It's about remembering uh, the war dead in particular who served in this country. So we'll see a lot of veterans groups marching today. Could I ask you a question? Sure. You, you say today, is are the parades on actual Memorial Day on Monday or are they on Sunday? Yes, that's a good point, and thanks for clarifying that. Uh, we're broadcasting on Sunday. It's actually on Monday, so let me be real clear about that. So you have plenty of time to uh, observe that. Um, I know that uh, Tenny, our son Peter, is in the Marine Corps League, and he's marching. In fact, the Marine Corps League is marching in both Fairhaven and in New Bedford. Mm-hmm. And then later they're going to be participating in putting flags on the graves of veterans. Uh, and various cemeteries. So do something to remember why we celebrate Memorial Day. Now, um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit, and instead of talking about the holiday itself, I'd like to talk about uh, the importance of our veterans. And um, Jim, I think you were in the service, if I remember. Yes, I was in the Navy. Okay. Five years in the 1960s. And I was in a branch of the Navy. Marine Corps. Marine Corps. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for your service, first of all. Thank you for yours. And I know, Jim, that you have a long history. You uh, worked in the uh, Bristol County Sheriff's Department, and you were uh, there for quite a long time, and you retired from there, didn't you? I retired after 21 years of service, yes. Mm-hmm. And then I taught college for about seven years, and I've been the veterans agent ever since. And that's 15 since? 15 years. About 2001, I think, isn't it? Yeah, 2000, right? 2000, okay. I started. 2000, mm-hmm. all right. Well, you do good work, and you Thank do you. good work, especially with the uh, veterans. So let's begin by talking about um, what are some of the things that you do in your office in Fairhaven, Jim, to assist well, veterans? We have multiple tasks. One of our most pressing is running the Chapter 115 program, which is a state program that assists veterans, their widows or spouses, uh, 
when they are around 200% of the poverty level. In other words, uh, their income is small. Mm-hmm. We give them a stipend each month to bring them up to the uh, a, a pretty good level to, to maintain a decent living. We pay for their medications, their eyeglasses, uh, any dental help they may need. Most towns our size in Fairhaven have about, oh, anywhere from 25 to, or 15 to 25 cases. We have uh, about 110 people right now. So we, we're advocates for veterans uh, to come in and, and, and check out the benefits. Good. And they're, they're primarily, I assume, or mostly residents of Fairhaven? All residents. Each All residents. town, each town and city is separate. They have their own veterans agent. I just happen to be the one in Fairhaven. Okay. Yeah, so if, if you uh, want to get a hold of a veterans agent, the best thing to do is go to the town hall. Mm-hmm. Most of them are located there. And we've just updated the list of uh, Massachusetts veterans agents. So, for example, ladies and gentlemen listening today, we have all the information for Cushnet, Dartmouth, Fairhaven, Marion, Mattapoisett, and Rochester, New Bedford, and Wareham. And if anybody would like to know who is the veterans agent uh, in their town or what their phone numbers are or their email addresses and their names, we'll be happy to provide that information to you. And you can just call our office at uh, 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to provide that. But, yes, every city in town has its own veterans agent, correct? Correct. There are some exceptions. Uh, Mattapoisett does have a veterans agent, but it also includes Rochester. Right, that's so a combined. Right, and on the Cape, there's a number of regions where you may have a half dozen cities or, or towns, actually, under one veterans agent. Okay. Yeah. So if anybody's listening, and, and if you did serve as a veteran, and if you are wondering whether you have benefits or rights or not, you know, give uh, Jim a call. Jim, what's your phone number, by the way? It's 508-979-4024, extension 114. Okay. And uh, if you don't remember that, you can get in touch with our office, and we'd be happy to refer you to Jim if you live in Fairhaven or to one of the other agents in another town. So you help people actually apply for um, federal VA benefits. We do. We broker all VA services, yes. And um, what about employment or fuel assistance? Are those some of the things that you help with as well? We help with fuel assistance for the Chapter 115 program. Uh, Employment, we work with the Employment Security Office in New Bedford. Is is it a fairly high percentage of the people that you serve who might be widows or widowers of veterans? Yes, probably about 85% of our clients are widowers. Widows, I'm sorry, widows. Okay, and so they typically will be people who don't necessarily have a lot of income. They might live in public housing, for it's example. It's limited income. Usually they rely on a small Social Security check, and that's their total income. All right. So if you're living in, in, in the senior housings, 30% of that is going to rent, of course. And uh, we help by providing stipends and paying for the medications, and it mm. makes it a lot easier because I've had a lot of veterans that are not taking their medications simply because they can't afford them. It's choosing between taking their medications or eating or whatever. And, and that's office. where we step in and try to correct that. Okay. But the other important thing that I'm hearing right now is the fact that if you were married to a veteran and you're now a, a widow, for example, you may be entitled to benefits that you don't even know about. Absolutely. Through the Chapter 115, not through the federal government. Okay. Uh, the federal government, uh, there's a few programs, but uh, it's really hit and miss. It's, it's uh, difficult to qualify for them. 
Okay. Under Chapter 115, we will take care of widows that have low income, and some people don't realize it, but we also will take care of certain children of veterans. Mm-hmm. If the uh, child is under the age of 18 and in school, we may be able to provide some assistance. Also, if the child has a disability that started before the age of 14 mm-hmm. and is debilitating, we can, uh, we can step in and help that person. So I suspect there are a lot of people listening out here today who don't even realize that they might be entitled to some benefits because somebody in their family served in the military and is a veteran. Danny, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that you do uh, in helping to guide people to veterans' benefits? Uh, you're an attorney, obviously, and uh, you practice law in Dartmouth, Mass., and the name of your firm is? The Lance Law Firm, and um, what we do is to counsel people uh, regarding their estate planning needs or their asset protection needs. And therefore, we get into discussions with them about uh, what their needs might be if they are in a situation where they are veterans and are uh, looking at the need for a nursing home or assisted living, we can help them, point them in the direction of places where they may be able to receive some veterans' benefits, and then we can also help them with any documents that they need with regard to their estate planning. Now, when we do talk about veterans, we should probably distinguish that it must be a veteran who's been honorably discharged, number one, and they have to have served at least one day during a period of wartime? One day, and they must have served at least 90 days on active duty, not in a training program. So there are those three criteria to receive U.S. VA benefits. And I guess if somebody has a question about whether they qualify under the definition of uh, being a veteran, I know there's a very good section of the um, Secretary of the Commonwealth's website. It's a very detailed definitions of Massachusetts veterans. Um, I'm not sure what that website is. It's, it's www.sec.state.ma.us. But if you just go into Secretary of State's website, you can get into the section that deals with veterans. And it's a very good uh, section. It has a very detailed chart with definitions and uh, various wartime activities and so forth when various uh, time periods were. So uh, what are some of the kinds of things that you might counsel somebody on, Tenny? Well, if someone comes into our office and indicates that they have uh, a need for home care or assisted living or something like that, and they are homebound people, then we almost always would refer them to their local VA agent, somebody like Jim, Mm -hmm. tell them to look into the aid and attendance program because that has become pretty popular as a means of uh, providing people with unreimbursed medical expense reimbursement. Um, I asked Jim a little while ago if he had a big upsurge in aid and attendance requests, and he said, oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, we have. We've had a number uh, just in the past two weeks. I think there's been five. Uh, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. on, on the aid and attendance, there's a lot of different thresholds that you have to make. Mm -hmm. And one of them is income. I have actually had two people in the past one week that have qualified for aid and attendance, one letter dated 
let's say May 5th, said, yes, you are qualified. And another letter dated May 5th says, no, you're not qualified now because your income is too high. <laughs> so what we have to do is go back in, use an appeal, and try to show that most of their income is going for their medical care. If we can do that, sometimes we can shrink that window and get them in. You know, it's, it, it's difficult, but it can be done. So it's really fairly complicated to, it's to complicated, get through the regulations. Yes. Yeah. Well, when you're dealing with any huge bureaucracy, uh, you, you know, it's very difficult because there's so many rules and regulations out there and so many thresholds you have to meet. And the VA, like any other bureaucracy, is always changing forms or changing uh, the threshold, changing amounts uh, that, that you can have in the banks, things of that nature, you know. I attended a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago out in Kentucky and had a uh, program presented by uh, a lady named Victoria Collier, who is the founder of Lawyers for Wartime Veterans. And she provided us with a lot of good insight into the aid and attendance program and how we might be able to help people who are applying for it. Mm. For example, as Jim said, there is an income limit. And uh, what's important to understand is that assisted living costs can help you to overcome that income limit. For example, if you have income of $3,500 a month and your assisted living cost is $4,000 a month, you have a a cost deficit of $500. And that, along with other medical expenses that you might have, could bring you up so that you might have as much as nearly $2,000 a month in income from aid and attendance. And uh, this speaker also provided us with a lot of uh, interesting insight about ways to prepare the application. Although we cannot be compensated as certified lawyers, uh, we cannot be compensated for the preparation of the application. We can certainly help people to prepare the application, and then we can help with any appeal that may be necessary. Uh, along with any estate planning documents that are required in relation to the application. You know, Phil, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're really very privileged to have two people with such great expertise here this morning talking about these particular programs. Jim, I I, I know there are a lot of different kinds of services uh, in the community. We have the Veterans Transition House, for example. Um, We have the VA Clinic. And uh, the Transition House is a little bit different than the VA Clinic. Uh, the transition house is essentially uh, temporary residence while people are getting on their feet. While That's correct. Veterans yes. are getting back mm-hmm. on their feet. And um, I know that one of the things that we do in the Masonic Lodges is when we have extra food, when we put on a function in our lodge, uh, we'll always bring it to a place like the Veterans Transition House or one of the other uh, in-town shelters, for example. So they're both very, very good programs. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a very detailed article in the New Bedford Standard Times. It was actually on Sunday, April 26th, uh, talking about the wait time to get into the VA clinics and the VA health system. And um, according to the story uh, written by Kurt Brown from the Standard Times, uh, New Bedford is actually a little bit behind the national average for wait time, which is unfortunate to hear. But I guess there's a remedy coming, too, because they're, they're going to be drastically expanding the clinic in New Bedford? They have been expanding it. They have a, a good, good audio, uh, auditory, <clears throat> excuse me, auditory uh, 
planned there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've expanded the building to make it a little bit larger. In fact, I'm a patient there in that auditory clinic, and they do wonderful work, mm. wonderful work. Yeah, you're not wearing your hearing aids. They're morning, at the right? VA being calibrated again. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> That's right. Tenny also is wearing hearing aids this morning. She has a battery problem, so... I'll talk as loudly as I can. I appreciate that. But that's yeah. really interesting. So you get assistance because you're a veteran, and you get a vis- uh, assistance helping with your hearing aids, for example. Well, I'm, a di- I'm a disabled veteran, and, okay. and one of my disabilities is, of course, the hearing from all the guns and such. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do provide hearing aids for me. You know. Good. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to uh, break in a minute, but I want to come back and explore that a little bit further. And... Uh, let me just ask you a quick question, Jim. Is there a certain percentage of disability that you have? Like, is it a 10% disability? Yeah, 10%, yes. 10% mm-hmm. disability, yes. okay. And um, one of the things that I've had occasion to do over the years is um, meet with a number of different veterans doing financial services and talk to them about what percentage of disability do they have. And on some occasions, we've suggested that they go in appeal the percentage of disability that they have to try to achieve a higher level of disability if they're entitled, obviously. Absolutely. I, I do a lot of that paperwork mm-hmm. to increase. Well, a lot of these disabilities and compensation packages were put into place many, many, many years ago. And the disability that the veterans have may have worsened, such as hearing or sure. uh, things of that nature. Makes sense. And, and you can get it increased. Well, we're going to come back in a minute and explore that a little bit further. Ladies and gentlemen, we're celebrating Memorial Day. We're honoring our veterans. And stay tuned because we're going to give you some more good information on veterans' benefits. We'll be right back. Welcome back to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise with Ray Lance. And the mission of USA Wealth, folks, is to help you protect your family and to protect your money. Very impressive first half of the program. We learned a lot. Well, thank you, Phil. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we celebrate Memorial Day today, which is a very important holiday to remember our war dead in particular. Um, and many families use this time as a time to visit their cemeteries for their other family members and decorate their graves. It's become sort of a, a decoration day for the whole country. And I know in our family, it's been the time that we traditionally have gone to visit all of the grave sites for all of our family members, not just the veterans, um, and plant flowers. And it's a, it's a nice time of year to do that because it's uh, springtime. My dad, by the way, is a Marine Corps veteran. He spent 20 years in the Marine Corps and retired. He was a first sergeant. Uh, he served in two particular campaigns. He was in World War II for several years throughout the Pacific, and then later he also fought in Korea where he received the Purple Heart. He's, uh, he's buried in Sturbridge, Massachusetts, and he has a, an American flag beside his grave, and you know we try to visit there as often as we can. So it's an important time to... Remember your family members who have passed away, but especially remember the veterans who have passed away. And remember that we visit your grandfather's grave in Worcester, where he also has a flag because he served in World War I. Yep. My grandfather was in the Marines in World War I, 
my father in World War II and Korea. I served in the reserves for six years, Marine Corps Reserves. And then our son Peter also spent six years in the Marine Corps Reserves. So it's, it's a proud tradition in many families, and including ours. I'd like to come back and distinguish one particular point as we're talking about applying for some of the veterans' benefits. If you are a veteran, do you have to actually have served in a war to qualify for veterans' benefits? No, you had to serve during the war, at least one day during the war. <clears throat> and I do have some dates, okay. if, you, if you indulge me. Uh, World War II, if you served at least one day between December 7, 1941, and December 31, 1946, now, what that means by one day means one day in that period, but you have to have served, uh, uh, what is it, three three months now? I believe it's three months. But if one if one day, days, right. yeah, if one day this, so if you if you joined in December the 30th of 46 and then served four years, you have your one day in because that period closed on December 31st. Mm-hmm. On the same with the Korean War, if you served between June 27, 1950, and January 1, 1955, you are eligible as a wartime veteran. You do not have to be combat uh, a veteran. A Vietnam era, uh, February 28, 1961 through May 7, 1965, uh, was the Part Two Vietnam. There was also a Part One Vietnam from 1954. I believe it was June of 1954 up until 1961. Also, if uh, August 5, 1964 through May 7, 1975, if you're serving anywhere, you're Mm -hmm. eligible. And the Persian Gulf, of course, is ongoing. That started August 2, 1990, and that's through the present. Uh, So if if you have any service dates during those periods, you really should check with your VA agent and, and see if you are eligible for any particular benefits. That's really good advice, uh, Jim. Uh, Jim Cochran, who's the veterans agent in the town of Fairhaven, uh, who's been a guest with us before, and we not only appreciate your service, but your willingness to be able to explain some Thank of these you. complicated pleasure. things. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Um, I'd like to mention that um, and, and emphasize again, it's not just whether a particular veteran served during these particular dates, but it also is if somebody that they're married to might have served during these particular dates should clearly explore whether you're entitled to benefits. Mm. So if you have any question at all, and you probably can't remember all these dates or have written them down fast enough, uh, give Jim a call. What's your number, Jim? 508-979-4024, extension 114. Okay, or give Tenny a call at uh, Lancelot Inc. and your number, Tenny? 508-998-8800. You know, Ernest Hemingway once said that uh, courage is grace under pressure, and that's really what we're all about today, what we're celebrating today. And it's not, Memorial Day obviously is a time to remember the people who have died serving in combat and serving in wars. Um, Uh, Cardinal Mercier once said, the soldier who dies to save his brothers reaches the highest of all degrees of charity, and this is the virtue of a single act of charity. It cancels a whole lifetime of sin. Uh, We don't expect everybody to die in combat, and, you know, we remember those who do, but we also want to make sure those who served in combat or the widows or widowers or those who died in combat uh, receive all the benefits that they're entitled to. 
I mean, if you have served in the military, you are ready to fight for your country and defend your country. If you happen to have died uh, for your country, uh, then that's a high honor and a, a noble virtue. But your family members might also be entitled to benefits. Danny, what are some of the other kinds of things that people might be entitled to you? You mentioned aid in attendance. This is actually like a monetary sum that's paid? It is. The purpose of aid in attendance is um, very much like it. what it says. It, the VA is very literal. It's aid in attendance for people who have unreimbursed medical expenses. Uh, the interesting thing about the aid in attendance program is that it, similar to Medicaid, has income and asset limits. And uh, the way that we might be able to help out people is to suggest to them ways that they can uh, get around those benefits, I mean, around those limits in one way or the other. For example, the VA at this point in time does not have any transfer penalty for any assets. Oh, that's interesting. There is a proposed regulation that would uh, eliminate that, but that regulation has not been put in place as yet. And so one of the recommendations from the uh, attorney that gave us the presentation in Kentucky was that assets above a particular limit might be given away, either under uh, an irrevocable income-only trust or a non-grantor trust, uh, and we can help with all those sorts of things. So they're both asset tests and income tests then? That's, That's correct. correct. Yes. Okay. Well, it's a complex, complex subject. Um, you need to know what those income limits are. You need to know what the asset limits are. But you've got two very good qualified people here who can help. And uh, we really appreciate what you do to help our veterans. Calvin Coolidge once said, by the way, uh, patriotism is easy to understand in America. It means looking out for yourself by looking out for your country. Um, Lots of good people had good things to say. And as we celebrate this, which is really a patriotic holiday, Memorial Day is very much a patriotic holiday. We honor those who have uh, died in service of their country, but we also celebrate the patriotism that we all feel on those particular days. And uh, once upon a time, a long time ago, a gentleman named Homer, uh, this is the poet Homer. I'm related. Not not Homer Simpson, but Homer (laughs) the poet said, he serves me most who serves his country best. Very wise. Patriotism is is, uh, very important. Now, um, one of the things I noticed about this recent article uh, in the newspaper, Jim, that talked about the waiting time for people to get to clinics and receive medical assistance is that they're planning to do uh, a lot of additional staffing between now, when you're listening to this broadcast, and uh, September 30th. Um, and they're hiring 58 more staffers throughout the whole Providence VA system. Uh, do you know whether those kinds of positions uh, have preference for veterans in terms of hiring? Normally they do. Normally they do? Okay. Normally they do. I would imagine it would be depend on the department or wherever they're going. But <clears throat> it's always been a veteran's preference mm-hmm. for those types of jobs. And uh, I, I do have to say something about the VA Providence. You know, you hear a lot of bad things about certain VAs mm-hmm. and clinics. I've never really experienced any problems in either the Providence facility or the New Bedford facility. 
Good. I, I know you can be frustrated because it's very difficult making appointments if you can't talk to a person. And a lot of times when you call the VA, you do not talk to a person. They have to call you back. And uh, that's frustrating. But all in all, I, I think they give out pretty good care. Well, have you tried listening to your own or reaching your own civilian doctor? Yeah, same thing. Or getting an appointment with your same own thing. civilian doctor? Uh, you know, it's you, you, learn, you learn little tricks getting in <laughs> through the VA, like punching zero a whole bunch of times and pretending to be dumb. And sometimes somebody <laughs> will answer to help you out. <laughs> you know, it does work. That's pretty smart. <laughs> well, that's one of the things you can help teach people who come in the office yeah. to teach them some of the little tricks. No, but we, we have a, a huge need today for veterans' services and veterans' benefits, obviously. And we do have ongoing wars in the Middle East that have been going on for, what, 14 years, something like that? Um, and so we're going to continue to have a need for uh, veterans to receive veterans' services. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, happen to have been a veteran and you're looking for employment, you're looking for a job, don't overlook the possibility of going to work inside the VA system. And you can be doing good helping your fellow veterans and helping yourself at the same time. Ray, I have a question. I know you're an expert on Social Security. Whoops. Go ahead. (laughs) Ask me anything. I'll put my hand up to my head here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You mentioned during your seminars that people have the ability to use service uh, during military service, I should say, to uh, claim some of the quarters that are necessary? Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, We've had a couple of situations uh, like that. Um, It's typically uh, people who have worked in the past and paid into the Social Security system. And we've had a couple of cases when the Social Security Administration did not have the record of their military service where they had also paid into the Social Security system. And um, so one example was we had a gentleman who had been in the Air Force, and he had not worked a long time uh, to obtain uh, payment into the Social Security system. He didn't have enough quarters, which is uh, 40 quarters or 10 years of payment into the Social Security system. And one of the things he said to me is, I'm not sure they have my military history. And I said, well, did you pay into Social Security while you were in the Air Force? He said, yes. I said, well, it's real simple then. You go down to the Social Security office and go to the office right in New Bedford and bring a copy of your discharge paper, your DD-214, and they can look it up while you're sitting there waiting, and they can pick up your record. And I heard from him a while later that it worked. They did not have a record of his military history and he had paid into the Social Security system. That gave him the missing quarters that he needed, so he was able to collect a Social Security check. It wasn't huge because he hadn't paid in a lot of quarters, but at least he got some benefit. And, you know, that really makes you feel good when you can direct somebody in, in that way and show them how they can get their benefits. Um, I'm not sure that that's more the case today, that you can do that if you're currently serving, because I think. More, more recently, people serving in the military service are probably not paying into the uh, Social Security system. I'm not positive about that. Um, but certainly at the time that he served, he was paying into Social Security. And it's like anything else. The, uh, there are 20,000 pages of regulations on just Social Security. So if you don't get proper advice, whether it's Social Security or Veterans Benefits, Uh, then you're the loser or your family is the loser. 
Um, I'm going to ask a question, which I don't like to do when I don't know the answer. Um, are there any burial benefits for uh, veterans? Yes. Okay. Depending on your income. Okay. <clears throat> and if you have life insurance, no. Uh, you can file for uh, a burial assistance as three hundred and fifty some dollars, I think. The Social VA. Security. No, yeah. that's uh, also you can go through the VA. Okay, yeah. so then yeah. uh, either veteran or if you paid into Social Security, there's also a benefit as well. Correct. Correct. May I mention one thing that we didn't get to early, earlier? Uh, we were talking about flags, and we will be placing the flags on the the graves in Fairhaven. Next Thursday, May 21, at okay. 8.30 in the morning, uh, the American Legion sponsors that particular uh, endeavor. And I do have a lot of Masons coming from around the area to help out. So if anybody wants to really get in and see what we do, meet us there at Riverside Cemetery about 8.30 in the morning. And in Fairhaven, we have over 1,400 uh, veterans that are buried. It's quite a few. That's four, a lot. Four, four it's, cemeteries. It's yeah. a very important job. You know, I was asking uh, our son Peter about uh, what the Marine Corps League is doing. They're also doing the same thing, and they're visiting over our series of various dates, both before and immediately after Memorial Day, um, and they're placing, they're helping to place flags as well. Right. So it's good that we have a lot of people who are interested in, in uh, doing these kinds of things. You know, one of my favorite presidents, uh, Phil, has been Theodore Roosevelt, and I know I just admire his history and his life and his accomplishments. And by the way, Jim, being a Navy man, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was really the founder of the modern Navy. Uh, he was an assistant secretary of the Navy before he became president. And he had the foresight to recognize that we were not going to be a military power to deal with in this country unless we built up a Navy. And he pushed it through Congress when he was president and he created the modern Navy. Good fact, to know. I'll tell you, i got to tell you a combined Navy-Marine Corps story. When the um, memorial was constructed in Provincetown uh, about 105 years ago, roughly, um, Teddy Roosevelt came in to help lay the cornerstone. He was also a mason and dedicate the memorial. And he arrived in Provincetown Harbor with seven battleships and 1,500 Marines. I don't think you could Amazing. do that today. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> But that must have been quite a sight to see that, just to come to lay the cornerstone for Provincetown. While we're telling anecdotes and nice little stories, um, we were thrilled to celebrate our daughter's wedding last Saturday. And one of the people who attended the wedding was Ray's uncle, 91 years old, who served in the Battle of the Bulge. And as part of the ceremony, Ray took the microphone, and I'll let you tell the rest of the story. Yeah, I, I had to get permission from our daughter, first of all. And I said, do you have any objection if I introduce Uncle Harry? Uncle Harry was on this radio show several years ago. I remember. In fact, great, great gentleman. Uh, 91 years old. He'll be 92 this year. He, he arrived um, in September in La Havre, France, about three months after D-Day. And then he was in the 75th Division, and they linked up with uh, General, General Patton. And when they landed, they were taken right up to the Ardennes in Belgium, the Ardennes Forest. That's when they suffered one of their worst winters in history in Belgium, when they had incredible amounts of snow. But he fought in the Battle of the Bulge, and he received the Bronze Star. And uh, he's very modest about it, doesn't 
say he said well he gave out a lot of bronze stars and doesn't talk about it much so i introduced him and explained that he had received the bronze star and everybody in the room stood up and gave him a standing ovation deservingly so it was it was great it was a a nice what was interesting was the service people the people who were wait staff came over and congratulated him it wasn't just our guests It was How wonderful. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice event. Um, anyways, I all this long digression started out with my love for Teddy Roosevelt, <laughs> and one of the things he said is that no man is worth his salt who is not ready at all times to risk his body, to risk his well-being, to risk his life in a great cause. And he was sort of the consummate patriot in this country. But um, veterans' benefits are so important as we celebrate Memorial Day today. We do want to be sure that we make it really clear that if there's any widow or widower or veteran, and if you uh, were involved, if you are either a veteran or married to a veteran who was honorably discharged and happened to serve during these particular time periods that Jim mentioned earlier, Check it out with your local town veterans agent and find out if you have veterans benefits that you might be entitled to. Uh, You served your country, you did your time, and whether or not you served in foreign combat doesn't make any difference as long as you served during those time periods. And um, Tenny, let's, let's come back for a minute. What are some of the kinds of documents that any person or any veteran as well should be doing to protect themselves? Well, um, estate planning in our mind is a sequential process that begins when you may be uh, facing retirement and then go on through later years as situations in your life change. And as that happens, you'll find that different kinds of documents are needed for different purposes. Um, As you may be transitioning from living alone or living at home and need Um, some kind of homebound services or assisted living or eventually nursing home protection. Um, There are different kinds of documents that you might need to put in place to protect your assets. They may be as simple as a will or a durable power of attorney, a health care power of attorney, or they may be somewhat more complex, either a living trust or an irrevocable income-only trust. But what we like to do is to view estate planning as a transition, and as things change in your life, we're happy to assist you with whatever kind of document might be necessary at that time. And by the way, in in terms of veterans' benefits and uh, veterans' uh, rights, um, don't overlook the possibility of looking for a VA loan, because if you qualify for a VA loan, you can finance the house purchase with no money down. Um, you can have a VA loan that does not have any PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. Typically, if you get a regular mortgage from a bank and you don't put down at least 20%, you only put down 10% or 5%, for example, you have to carry something called PMI, private mortgage insurance, which is an additional cost per month on your mortgage payment. A veteran who gets a veteran's loan, a VA loan, doesn't have to pay PMI. So you could do a a house purchase with no money down, no PMI, and often with a lower interest rate as well. Um, And again, my office will be happy to turn you in the right direction for that. We don't do those, but we know 
people who can do that. Jim, do you ever get requests for people inquiring about doing VA loans? I do. Uh, not, not that often, but for the most part, uh, most banks have the people necessary to mm-hmm. forward those papers right. and do that. Uh, one option that the veteran may have is go right to Providence, take all of his information there, and get an immediate certificate. Okay. You have to have a certificate yes, yes. of eligibility. Yes. And instead of filing things through the mail, <clears throat> excuse me, filing things through the mail and waiting for that delay, you can drive right up there and have the certificate in your hand that day mm-hmm. to present to the bank. That's really good advice. Yeah. How would someone find the Providence VA? How would you find it? It's Call in, his office. It's in the middle of Providence. <laughs> <laughs> Call Jim's office and he'll give you directions. Yeah, I, I, do have, I do have written directions at home at, okay. uh, at the office. It's on, uh, since I think the address. I think I've been by it, but it's sort of buried in the city. It's, it's buried in the city. Hard to get parking to parking is a premium. Uh, you know, you're, you're better off uh, parking somewhere and walking over to it. Don't try to park near the VA or you'll go crazy. Mm. <laughs> but if anybody wants the address and would like to follow that advice, they can call your office or they can call Penny or they can call any of their own veterans agents in their own town. Um, do either of you see many people looking into uh, educational benefits for veterans? Yes, especially these newer people coming back because mm-hmm. with the military credits and such for education, the payment plans they have, a lot more veterans are eligible sooner and for longer periods. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're pretty good benefits. You know, uh, I'm a walking example that two of my degrees were done through the VA. Okay. I didn't know what, how much college cost until I got my master's degree and went to a private college. Sure. It's awful. So what degrees did you get that were I have helps? I have a degree in law enforcement. And I have a degree in uh, sociology slash criminology. Okay, good. I uh, the bachelor, yeah. So you're, you're mm-hmm. a living example of the benefit of having educational benefits. It's wonderful, yeah. It's wonderful, uh, wonderful benefits. Good. Well, we've learned a lot about uh, aid and attendance. We've learned a lot about medical benefits. We've learned a lot about... Um, applying for loans and other kinds of things you can do and documents you need. Uh, Jim, tell everybody, Jim Cochran, tell us what your telephone number is. 508-979-4024, extension 114. Okay. And or you can just drop in the office. I'm on the first floor of the town hall in Fairhaven. Okay. And again, this should be primarily for Fairhaven residents for Jim. That's correct. But if you want the information about who your, your own local Veterans agent is get in touch. Call with me, Jim. Yeah, get in sure. touch with me, Tenny. Uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to know more about aid and attendance and some of the things that you can counsel them on? Our office is located at three fifty two Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, and you'll know the office because we have the American and the Marine flags flying out front. Our phone number is five zero eight nine nine eight 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 zero zero. Well, Jim, thank you for your service, and Jim and Tenny, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure, Phil, as always. always. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Please do something to remember what the real purpose of Memorial Day is as you go to your parades and enjoy your weekend, and remember the service of your veterans. Thank you for listening. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. For listening to Money Wise Radio, and remember that none of us can be an expert at everything, so let the professionals at USA Wealth Group help you protect your family and, of course, protect your money. Let their family protect your family. And until next Sunday morning, have a safe week and so long, everybody.